Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observe, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Centric Healthcare and King Door Company. Welcome to Bakersfield Observed with Richard Bean, a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County. Richard's guests are newsmakers, influencers, and personalities who address topics of interest to you and your neighbors and your community. The discussion is fast, informative, and always civil. Now, here's your host, Richard Bean. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the new Bakersfield Observe podcast. We record it right here at the American General Media Offices off California and Eastern Drive off Highway 99. This podcast airs weekly, and it complements the work of my Bakersfield Observed blog. You can access the podcast via Spotify or wherever you access your podcast. You can also get it on kernradio.com. Today, we're going to talk... Um, We're going to turn our attention to a story that has captured our imagination here in this community. It's a good news story, if you can believe that, a story that we can all rally around. And I'm talking about the purchase of an office building downtown that houses the Woolworth Diner on the ground floor. In fact, it is the last remaining working Woolworth Diner in the country. And the men behind that purchase are no strangers to Bakersfield. Both are co-owners of the financial brokerage firm, the Money Wise Guys. You can catch the Money Wise Guys radio program daily here on our sister station, ESPN. They have also been regular guests on my radio show and other TV and radio outlets in town. Please welcome Mr. Sherrod Waite and Mr. Dave Anderson. Great to have you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. It is terrific having you. I'm 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 very excited about this because I I don't know I I believe that in today's world we are yearning for stories like this that we can number one all agree on. Yeah, you know, uh, the Wolver's Diner is such a. I don't know if you remember the first time you saw it. I do when I came yeah. into this town, going whoa. Yeah. There it is. A little piece of history. It's a great thing. So welcome to the show. Let's start with the obvious. Uh, The Money Wise guys, you guys have been located on Stockdale Highway across from CSUB for 18 years. That is so hard to believe. (laughs) 18 years, you know. Uh, It's a great location. you got easy parking. You're right in the southwest where I'm assuming a lot of the money and a lot of your clients are. Why move? Why now? Sherrod, let's start with you. Uh, I mean, we're ready to own. That's it. Plain and simple. We've been in business for over 20 years and we've been leasing. And so we've been looking uh, around town for a while and it's just, it's time to buy. Uh, it's And uh, we, I think with the, the stars have aligned because as everybody knows, we're in a, we're in a peculiar spot in the economic cycle, <laughs> world economic cycle. Yeah. So it's sort of super been uh, interesting. Um, so we're so grateful for this opportunity that came up. Uh, um, we, we've we're always been interested in downtown. Both Dave and I have strong interests in, in downtown and in the arts. Uh, and that's where you find buildings like this. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a unique, beautiful landmark uh, that we're so fortunate to, you know, to, to get. It's a beautiful 
landmark, it's also going to be a pain in the ass landmark <laughs> because old buildings, old buildings demand attention yeah. and capital in the way that new buildings want. Let's go to you, Dave Anderson. I know you guys have been kind enough to share with me your desires of relocating mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years. I knew that you were looking downtown. I know that's kind of where your heart mm-hmm. is. Talk to me about this search. Okay. Yeah, you know, as Sherrod said, we knew we wanted to buy. So then, it, then it, the question was, where, where do we do it? And they're each, every part of Bakersfield and Kern County offers something different and unique. And there's been a lot of growth out on the west side and been some, you know, cool things that have happened. Um, and in fact, there were even some opportunities that were, you know, really affordable on the west side. But as Sherrod said, we both are really committed to downtown we feel we're committed to bakersfield number one and a downtown and a vibrant downtown is so crucial to a city and so we wanted to be a bigger part of that than just coming down on the weekends and, and hanging out so once we decided we wanted to come downtown then we were faced with some of the issues some of the hurdles that you yeah. that you have to cross talk when to, you talk come to me downtown. about those hurdles a lot of these hurdles people don't know about not uh, well it goes the, well beyond we're, dealing with old buildings the hurdle is is what we would see on the west side of town which is you can't find an art deco mid-century built in the you know built in 1949 art deco reinforced steel concrete building they don't build those anymore (laughs) what it would cost to build this building uh well we know we know it it cost the woolworth company $500,000 $500,000 to build that building that, back that, in 1949. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that? Build you know what that would be in today's dollars? What, what would Just it be? rough guess. And Dave and I, again, this is like our area, right? <laughs> Inflation, you got to take into account. Inflation, be it'd be about $5.5 million. To build that. Just today. to build that. That's like, that's not the, um, you know, none of the, uh, none of the, the build out. So none of the yeah. counters and the lights yeah, and the electrical right. and the plumbing. Just to build the, the structure would be $5.5 million. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's nobody would build a structure like that and spend that kind of money into it because now you have uh, you have steel buildings that are, you know, just as strong, if not stronger in certain Mm -hmm. ways and way cheaper, Mm -hmm. way, way, way cheaper. Construction costs have, you know, come down like everything it's in, in the last 80 years. So we've got just an opportunity to just get this this piece of it's like buying a It's like buying a classic car. Mm -hmm. You can't rebuild a a, uh, a a 65 mustang or what 64 and a half uh, year mustang there's yeah. only they only made a few of them right yeah. yeah you can kind of put new paint on it and stuff but that gives has so much value for david and i uh to be able to then do something to preserve that now and keep that which is a part of bakersfield and bakersfield history and then add into it the new and the forward thinking, which is everything this community is about, from the country music right. to the to to the way that we are dependent on oil and ag. It's you have this uh, this history of remembering our past and remembering our foundation, but also always having to innovate, look to the future because we all depend on that too. So right. that's one I know Dave and I just love talking about. Yeah, expand on that, Dave. Because as, as I said, you guys could have got, you had opportunities to go elsewhere yeah. and it's a great idea to preserve history, but a lot, most of us let somebody else do it, which would be you two. I mean, what, what, what is it, what are the altruistic 
ideas behind or feelings, sentiments behind yeah. a purchase like this? So it, it, number one, it's really meaningful to Sherrod and I for kind of some of the things we've talked about and what, what, what we can continue to talk about, but that has always been a driving force in what money wise does. We, we always want to be engaged in something that is meaningful that we think mm -hmm. can impact a community in positive ways. We've always found much more joy in kind of lifting, raising the tide for, for everyone as opposed to just us. And so when you look at this building, this Woolworth building, one of the beautiful aspects of this building up to this point, especially when the Sheffields took over, is, is they kept it open to people. You know, you had the antique store in there. And so it was really, it was a part of Bakersfield. It wasn't a building that you would just walk by and look at. You walk by and you go inside and you see a piece of history. And so you see the lunch counter and everybody knows last one operating. Well, to have the opportunity to continue that, to keep the lunch counter running and, but also with a little modern twist on it can keep that space vibrant. And so that is what's so exciting for us. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, we can see it, but also the community is, is right. going to see it. And that, that is, is the stuff that I know I want to be engaged in, in my life. You know, we're working regardless. We're yeah. doing stuff every day. Uh, and so we're, we're trying why, to why choose. Why is that important to you? Uh, I think that's where a lot of the joy comes from and happiness and, and wanting to be a good member of society and mm -hmm. a good member of, of the community. Mm -hmm. uh, Sherrod and I were both raised uh, in families that were very religious, fundamental in a way. And, and you know, we, we've departed some degree fr from that. But many of those, I think, teachings and morals that you have to be a good citizen of the world and a good neighbor and give back has stayed with yeah, us. I mean, right. Sherrod and I met when we were on missions uh, in Mexico. And so right. like our, our relationship was born out of, you know, serving and, and, and trying to do something good. Mm -hmm. And that just continues today with this building and finally having this opportunity. We think, oh, this is this yeah. is perfect way for us to do that and to combine all the things that we love. Right. I want to I want to come back to that theme in just a second about your religious upbringing and the ties and how you guys met on were both raised Mormon mm -hmm. and, and, and met on a mission. But let's get back to the building because yeah. that's what a lot of people care about. Uh, you guys, you guys uh, announced that you're in this. The, the first reaction from the community is they're shutting down the Woolworths yeah. Diner. They're, they're going to make changes yeah. we're not happy with. So let's get it all out there. What stays, what goes, what's going to change? We, we, you know, you yeah. have that iconic Woolworth band yeah. on the ground. Is that staying? That, that's staying. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the, the exterior of the building is, is one of the things we love the most. The marquee yeah. Woolworth building. It's not going to be now the Money Wise building. It's the Woolworth building. And is it, there, it is Money Wise going to be branded on it at all? I, I possibly it, on one side or yeah, something. Yeah, so the inter, you can if the, for those familiar with the building on K Street, there's a, a whole separate entrance that also has a marquee, a red. It's smaller, yeah. but it says Woolworth. It has its own do double door entrance with its own glass um, mm -hmm. in, in in sets for display. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like I, I 
uh, I don't know what Woolworth used it for, but like a separate entrance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that could potentially be branded for MoneyWise because that will be our MoneyWise office entrance. That, that's we'll going to be your entrance. Yes. That'll be our entrance. Right. And we want to keep that separate from sort of the, the main floor entrance, the, the certainly the facade and the entryway, the lunch counter. Lunch counter staying. That reception area right in there. We'll be, we want to keep that open to the community and a part of the community. We, we have, since, like you said, the rumor got out and then started to spread and then people thinking, you know, they're going to shut this thing down and it's all over. You know, that only lasted for a few days before, you know, we kind of came out and, and, and told everybody about it and hit the paper. Um, and it was overwhelmingly a sense of relief. And we've had so many people come yeah. up to us, strangers come up to us, go, if you guys weren't keeping that place, I'm going to come after yeah. you, you know, <laughs> and these are, you know, these, these right. are people uh, care, people care about this yeah. a lot. So, and we did too, like we were never nervous about it. Cause Dave and I were always, we just kind of giggle like, Oh, we're, we're okay. We're, we know what we're doing with this. Right. And so, um, so money wise will occupy most likely the second floor, which would, you know, take up the whole second floor. Okay. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we're working on some sort of mixed use retail, um, throughout the rest of the building. Um, okay. And that's so what, you, that's you, the design the ground part. floor is, is Woolworth. Second floor is money wise guys. Right. And you'll have a third and fourth floor that, that could be, well, there's a basement the, yeah, and basement. then there's a top floor. Well, yeah. Right. So there's four floors. Basement. Yeah. The yeah. basement's amazing. It's, what it's, are you going to do with the basement? Well, it's again, mixed that's, use retail. Okay. Um, there's bathrooms down there yeah. now. So we, you know, we have to, this is like, we've never, Dave and I don't, don't know anything about this stuff, but we are loving learning it with a, yeah, we have a, right. you know, an architect and a designer they're working with. We're also, Don Bynum has been huge in this. None of this would have happened without Don, who's a friend of ours. He's been a friend of ours for oh, many, terrific. many years. We've known Don for a long, long time. Um, and uh, Don, of course, is part of the Bynum family, which they have a lot of experience in real estate. Oh, but we've been do. working, we've yeah. been working with Don, and um, he's just been absolutely fantastic in and and bringing this project uh, together. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel Cater is your ar- yeah. architect. Yep. Right. And yeah. he's got a lot of experience. He was in the Bay Area. Yep. Is yep. that right? Yeah, in the Bay Area. He lived overseas for a time. He's got a unique perspective and, and great background. And, and he did a lot of the, the work for the new 17th Street mm-hmm. townhomes. Yeah. And, and Bitwise. Yeah. Yep. He's got some experience downtown. Oh, he was involved in Bitwise. Yeah. The Bitwise building that's on the east side mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, he's from Bakersfield too. And uh, you know, that's, it's important to us that this, we're a Bakersfield town. We're a Bakersfield company. Was this, this yeah. company David and I founded here? It was born and raised here. David has lived here longer than anywhere else in his life by far now, right, yeah. Dave? Yeah. I mean, he's got he's more Bakersfield than he is That's, Utah. It, it happens. <laughs> it does. Hey, it I gladly accept it. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so you have forty four thousand square feet. Yeah. I'm. I look at that building, and when I was at the Californian, we did a major remodel of just our lobby, the historic yeah. lobby, which took two years yeah you know and a lot of money i'm looking at that building going do these guys know what they're in for (laughs) all right so what do you think well number one when do you close escrow uh close in in november we're mid-november okay and how long will the build out be it'll take some time i mean we're looking year and a half two years likely you know, and, and we might do it in phases and, and, yeah. but yeah, we're, we're a year and a half, two years. We're hoping. Right. Yeah. Right. It'll likely have to be in some phases because mm-hmm. it's, you know, 44,000 square feet, four floors. So yeah. 
Right. I was uh, a good friend of mine, Dave Cohn, when they bought mm-hmm. the uh, the building there on 18th and Chester. Yeah. When they bet. redid that, they had a lot of the issues that you did. Mm-hmm. They had an HVAC that dealt with the entire building. They had yeah. to chop it up. So you're going to be facing all of those things yeah. uh, yeah. as well. You know, you guys are... Uh, Full disclosure, I have a lot of my retirement savings with you guys. You've done very well for me. I could not be happier. Thank oh, you, good. guys. Glad You've been here. friends of mine, too, and I appreciate it. But uh, it, it, it it's an unusual – money-wise, guys, is, is, is a different bird. Mm-hmm. Because I was trying I, – uh, I was testing myself last night. I said, can I think of any other kind of family-owned mom-and-pop, you know – brokerage or financial guys like you guys that isn't a Smith Barney or, you know, right. some of the old names that, that are uh, thrown out. You're, yeah. w- was this a plan going on? Can we talk a little bit about how you guys got together and formed the company? Yeah. You, you know, when you, when you talk to anybody who's gone into business and started businesses, you, there's a lot of commonalities. One is some randomness and luck involved in, in, in everything that you do. But we did from the beginning have some things that were important to Sherrod and I, and, and we've tried to stay true to those things. And in a way I've always felt like money wise doesn't fit into a, 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 I guess a known category, you know, we'll, we spend a lot of times in trainings and meeting with money managers. And, and I know I always feel like I'd be curious what Sherrod would say that we don't fit in, in a, in a way we, we kind of have a little bit different approach. Right, and right. I, I think that is born in out of, we always have been on our own. We didn't work for Wells Fargo and then go out on our own. And that's what a lot of people do. That's what yeah. a lot of financial advisors do. So we, from the beginning, were designing a business that we wanted to be happy with. And we did read one book, uh, not just one book in my life, but <laughs> one business book <laughs> that, that really book. impacted us, which was the E-Myth Revisited. And there are a lot of themes in there, but, but one of those What's themes- the book? The E-Myth, E-Myth Revisited. Okay. So it's talk, the entrepreneurial myth. Yeah. And, and basically, you know, what happens a lot of time with entrepreneurs is they start a business and then pretty soon that business owns them. It's mm-hmm. taking all of their time. And then they hate that thing that they started, yeah, yeah, you know? Right, and right. we didn't want to do that. We wanted to love what we were doing. And, and so we've always been guided by, okay, is, does this fit into our lifestyle? Are we, are we creating something good that we can be happy with? And maybe it's our religious, my religious <laughs> upbringing that, I can feel incredible guilt if I do something I feel like is not uh, in, mm. in someone's best interest. Mm-hmm. And so we're always really trying to just, I guess, do the do the right thing. Yeah. I want to explore this. I mean, let's, let's go back to when you guys met. You're, you're both, uh, once again, shared. You were reared here in Bakersfield. You mm-hmm. were reared in Utah. Utah. Uh, you're both uh, raised Mormon. You met on a mission mm-hmm. in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that, Sherrod. When you met... How long did you know Dave before you thought this is this is somebody who's going to be sight. important in my life, not only as a friend but a potential business partner? He so we were nineteen. This was now twenty-seven years ago, Dave. Oh, right? Am I doing the math right? Because we're forty-six. Yeah. Uh, so we were nineteen. Wow. Uh, twenty-seven years ago, we were just kids. But like David said, both raised um, and and in a very fundamentalist uh, based strict religion that for better or for worse requires this of young men at age nine at then it was 19 now they it's 18 yeah. and you and you it's a lottery 
You know, you go into a lottery essentially, and you can go anywhere in the world, and yeah, you're you gone for two years. Go. You don't know where you're going to go. It's been anywhere in the world, and you're gone for two you years. Know, is, is, where you go is determined by lottery. No, well, the well, church the, determines it. The, the leadership oh. of the church, yeah. okay. you know, so you don't know where you're going to go. Okay, that's what I mean. Yep. You, you get a letter you, saying you here sign you, up for your mission. You sign yeah, but up. You don't know if you're going to Mexico. That's or the right. Philippines. Yep. You you exactly. have no choice in the matter. It's, it's decided okay. for you, and you know, at the time there were fifty, sixty thousand of nineteen year olds, you know, applying and going through this missionary process. And so Dave and I, here we are down in Mexico, 19 years old, and the only white Americans really anywhere. And yeah. that spoke and and then also the only ones that spoke English. Mm-hmm. And so we would cross paths. We weren't companions, but we would cross paths. And of course, when you run into somebody else who speaks Where in English. Mexico were you? Uh, Sinaloa. Sinaloa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Western state. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so obviously we had, you know, we hit it off right then. Um, and then later we're able to not never, we didn't live in the same house, but we basically kind of, uh, yeah, we did in 19 years yeah, for about four months. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I guess yeah. we did in the same yeah. house. Hey, it's been 27 years. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we just hit it off. You know, it was home away from home. Yeah. But we had so many common interests. You couldn't listen to music, for example, uh, outside of, of religious church music, hymns and so forth. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dave and I both have always had a strong passion for music, arts. And so mm-hmm. we would talk about music and reminisce about home and reminisce about things that we loved and stay up late talking. It was just, you know, just, we just became friends. And then when we got home after the mission, went to college, we were both finishing up college and just then, you know, we're able to go into our career together. Went to Cal State. Yeah, I went to Cal State Bakersfield here. And David was in school in Utah. Yeah. And so we both finished college, you know, around the same time and, uh, and started uh, working together. Explain to me, I, Explain to me when you guys are reared in that environment how how you absorb that sense of duty and and sense of place almost like I'm on this earth but you know part of my role here is to do good yeah and and not everybody thinks like that and and it doesn't make them bad people right right but but they're trained you almost. Yeah. in in that sense and that's that's largely where you are today right because mm-hmm. of your upbringing in the church that you're making decisions like this today correct Dave and I think feel probably a little differently on this especially okay. when we're getting into the religious talk I, I'm still a Mormon uh-huh. and on, on record you oh, know you are. yeah so okay. I haven't like denounced it officially right. uh, and that is in part because I feel that way I feel what you're saying I'm like yeah, yeah my my, the, my religious upbringing contributed an enormous amount of good to me that I still use to this day. So speaking Spanish, for example, both mm-hmm. Dave and I still benefit every single day from the I fact that we do. speak Spanish and we now understand another culture because we lived in it for a yeah. couple of years. Never would have experienced these kinds of things. However, where the rub is, is that what would have happened otherwise? And what was the price I paid for that to learn those things? Mm-hmm. And, and was it worth it? And was it worth the money? Was it worth the the sacrifices? Mm-hmm. My children for the, are not were not really raised religious, and they are far more passionate about doing good than I ever was at that age. So mm-hmm. it, it's not the religion <laughs> that does it, even though I benefited from my religion. Mm-hmm. That, that's sort of my yeah yeah. Agree, I, 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 I take. agree with that. Yeah yeah. I, I don't right. I don't disagree vastly with that. We've just uh, t- taken a little bit different paths. Yeah. Um. But you know, for years. 
when, when you've been raised in a, in a fundamental religion and, and then you leave, it can be very difficult. And I was the first one in my sphere that I knew that had really left the church. And, right. and you know, it was painful and a lot of relationships were impacted from it. And so I spent years running away from the Mormon church. I didn't want to be associated with it. In yeah. fact, there was time I didn't like to tell people I was from Utah because they'd go, oh, you're Mormon, you raised Mormon. I didn't want to have the conversation. I don't feel that way anymore mm-hmm. now. Uh, you know, I guess I've just matured and yeah. look back at it right. for what it is and, right. and so many positives. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there is goodness in people. There is goodness in humans, yeah. and that goodness is not created by a specific belief. It's, right. it's part of, 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 of the human existence. And when you nurture that goodness and show love, you know, it... M- more goodness comes from that. Right. It, it, uh, this is demonstrated in our, Dave and I didn't really live this at, with work because at, there's now 20 employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all across the board as far as religious beliefs. Yes. Uh, very religious to very religious to non-religious to everything in between. Uh, and we and have an amazing like work family, like mm-hmm. that people love each other genuinely. They love each other. And it's not because of those beliefs. It's because they're just good people. They're just good people. People right. are good in general. You treat people kindly. They'll be kind. Yeah. yeah there's some bad eggs, but yeah. when, when, when you guys are hiring, is, is that top of mind that we want the kind of, mm-hmm. it must be top of mind. I mean, you, you want people who will fit in people yeah. who share these yeah. beliefs and how do you, uh, again, uh, not being judgmental, but you can have some people who are very, very good at their work, but mm-hmm. don't share those world views or moral views or whatever. How do you how do you find the right people that will fit in? We we have you know for the most part as we've grown as a company, sure it said twenty employees. You know that's the most we've ever had. So it's just every year just a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. and, and so the processes of hiring you know have changed over time. But we have generally, as, as a rule, have not hired people who have an immense amount of experience in the industry. And that's because we felt it was a, it was not a, a, a positive attribute. Now we have they're to gonna train them. They're going to bring bring habits with them? Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of maybe bring their bad habits. And, of course, they also bring their skills and, and knowledge. And so it's, it is a double-edged sword. But we have found that that has been the, the best approach for us to build someone you know, from within. Uh, so we get to train them. They can buy into our process, you know, work their way up and, and find, you know, a long-term family. So, yeah. so yeah, it's just in, in these converse, it's, it's not a foolproof system. I mean, we, we, you know, there've been times we've hired someone and it hasn't been a good fit, but you know, we, we try, that's really important that we have someone that, that kind of fits into what we, we don't care what they believe. Right. You know, we don't care really, we don't care about Paul, anything like that. Obviously that, right. that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just want people that want to give back and, and be engaged in something meaningful yeah. and are, and are good at what they do. Yeah. Right, right, right. You can, uh, cause you can, you can train the skills. Yes. You can't train the heart. You can't right. train their vert, right. like the virtues. Right. Those yeah. has kind of, and we've tried, we've had some <laughs> where we thought, Oh, okay. And then it's, you can't, mm-hmm. but you can train somebody to learn a word processor yeah. Yeah. program, you know, and right. to learn how a, to manage a database, yeah, how to answer a telephone, right. especially if their heart's in the right place. And right. so that's what, that's what I think we really have going. The mm-hmm. best thing we have going for us is the fact that, that we work with such great people. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they're all across the board, politically, religiously, and that's our community. Yeah, we want also that's to represent. World. That's the world we live in. We want to represent this world that we all live in. Mm -hmm. These are the people. These are your neighbors. Whether you like it or not, yeah. your neighbor may not agree right. with you politically yeah. or religiously. Get over it. Yeah. They probably make great food. Go hang yeah. out and have a dent meal right. together or whatever. Dave, talk to me about the time when you guys uh, do. You, do you remember when you and Sherrod got together and said? Let's go into business together. And <laughs> what would that look like? And what, what was your vision then? Or did you have a vision? Yeah. So th this is this is funny. So again, Sherrod and I had stayed friends. I was living in Utah. He was in California. And I had gotten a job. And I was moving to Virginia. I was going to be in paper sales. Worked for a company called Dunder Mifflin. No, it wasn't Dunder Mifflin, <laughs> but it was, it was a paper sales company. It was paper yeah. sales. Kent yes. Landsberg actually was the name of the company. Yeah. But anyway, had the job. We had packed up our truck. We'd rented space in like a, a moving truck. And it was halfway across the United States. Mm -hmm. Sherrod happened to be in Utah at the time at a family reunion. Okay. And he called me and said, hey, I know you're moving to Virginia. Might be the last time we see you for a uh, long time. Mind if we stop by and say, say goodbye? Yeah, sure, come by. So he comes by. We're at my mom's house. And... We're standing out on the porch, and at the time, Sherrod was was working with his dad, who was in insurance. Mm -hmm. And we got talking, and, oh, and I was explaining what my job was, what I was going to do. And then we said, "Ah, oh, it's a shame we never went into business together. You know, well, it would have been fun." And then that conversation <laughs> evolved into, "Well, why don't we do it? Let's do it." You, you were know? on your way. On, yes, moving truck was gone. Yes, was gone. This is a good story. Yeah. So in that conversation. We, we, and I was like, I'm going to, I felt really strong about it. You know, I was always drawn to share it. And I was like, oh, if I can be connected to that, you know, this yeah, is a good, yeah, good yeah, move yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. He said, well, think about it. He left. I talked to my wife, talked to, you know, a couple friends, like within like 20 minutes yeah. and called shared back as they were driving away and said, we'll do it. Wow. Called the moving truck, turned around. I was in Bakersfield before Shara got back from vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it never lived here. <laughs> never lived here. <laughs> you were already here. Uh, he, I, I was already living here because right? okay. I grew up here. Yeah, you were just visiting. Yeah, yeah. Utah. So I was visiting Utah on a family reunion. Well, did you know you're going into the financial services? Well, well yeah. It, initially, the thought was we're going to work with his dad and maybe take over the insurance oh, okay. business that he had. Yeah. And then, within a very short period of time, we realized that wasn't the route we were going to take for a variety of reasons, and we just wanted to go out on our own. Mm -hmm. So we went out and formed our own company. And okay. had literally, I wasn't even licensed yet at the wow. time. So I was going through my, my education and licensing as we were starting the business. So started with nothing, you know, with Where was your nothing. first office? In my apartment. We Ooh, had a two-bedroom. Ash, yeah. Ming and Ash. Ming and Ash, yep. Ming and we had Ash. a spare bedroom for a little while because we ended up adopting some kids a few months later, but at the time, didn't have any kids, and so we had the spare bedroom, and we invested like $300 in a fax printer <laughs> copier combo, and it seemed like the nicest piece of technology. <laughs> Don't you we, wish you kept it? Money-wise guys archives. Yeah, right, right. You know? and, and so yeah, it was. It, we started on really nothing. We didn't. Ha we didn't have. You know, money wasn't given to us from from our parents or anything to start it. We just you know started I mean, grinding. Can, we borrowed. Can, yeah. What can you attribute your success to anything other than? Uh, I mean, you got. I mean, you're talking financial advisor services people are very very aware and picky when it comes to their money and it, you're, you're not getting an oil change here so, yeah. and to break into a business and to do as well as you guys did is remarkable i think there are a few things that that that, 
why, why that was able to happen. And first and foremost, luck. I can't overstate that. Like, I know it's very attractive. The, the narrative of I did this all on my own. We're so smart. We're so good at business that we did this all on our own. And I think that we've made some good decisions and really tried, but there's also some luck that plays. For example, we bought a book of business in, in 2009. Well, what has happened to the market since 2009? It's been going up. That has nothing to do with us. Yeah, and we've uh, benefited from a rising market. So there are some things that are out of our control. Uh, also, we, we did our homework. We've tried really hard to be good at what we do, to be good financial advisors. That's important to us. We want to be good at it. We, we want to give the best possible advice. And remember, on our mission, we were knocking on doors and trying to sell a very strange story to, to, to different people. And, <laughs> and so we, we were trained in talking to people, communicating and educating. stocks and bonds, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Right, exactly. So I, th I think a combination of those things have, yeah. have had an impact wow. on success. Wow. Uh, let's go back to the building here because I want to, uh, a lot of people listening are going to be going, okay, you're going to leave the building. It's going to look the same. You may have a little uh, branding, different uh, entrance for, for, for you guys. The lunch counter is staying open? Yes, yes. absolutely. Okay. Yep. All right. Without Who's going to run that? Do we do? You... Yeah, that's that's what we're kind of going through right now. The okay. gentleman's been running it for years, and he's been planning on moving. He's and been so, planning on moving. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's not going to be there long term, but that's, you know, we're in the process of, you know, looking for somebody. Okay. All right. Get somebody uh, mm -hmm. to run it. You must get a lot of people in there, I mean, it, it, just from out of town or wherever, who are yeah. like, I can't, you know. I ate here as a kid. Yeah. Right. You know, in fact, I mean, the, the, the operator now, Jeremy was telling us a story of this guy came in from I think, Ukraine and, uh, was eating at the lunch counter. And he was like, well, how'd you find out about the you know, lunch counter? He's like, Oh, this travel magazine. And he said, well, can you show it to me? It, those, and it's, it's in like Russian, this, this travel magazine, <laughs> travel magazine really? talking about the last Woolworth counter in the, in the world. So cool. yeah, you get a lot of, huge variety of people that are that go in there which is which is so cool to yeah. have that you know, right. when i told my parents about who my parents were also both born and raised here they don't live here now they live in idaho but of course they were very familiar with the woolworth building yeah. and the first thing they said is oh we used to go there on our on our dates uh, oh, and do our yeah. shopping and then eat at the lunch counter because Back then, in the sixty, in the early seventies, it was there was there weren't WalMarts, yeah, there right. weren't there were no malls. This was before they built the mall. So downtown is where you had Sears and J.C. Penney and Woolworths, and mm -hmm. people would come down here and they do their shopping. And it was like a nice place to be able to get a quick, cheap meal and do your shopping and then go on your way. And uh, I've heard of some version of this from so many people. <laughs> yeah, I know, Dave, right. you've heard this from clients yeah. and, and different people. There's a lot of history there, a lot of memories, a lot of nostalgia mm -hmm. of people going there as a young child or as young teenagers or whatever. And, and that's exciting. Uh, we we want to keep that because that lunch counter is the only thing that's remained open and consistent other than, you know, yeah. the, the, the architecture, which we'll yeah. keep right. the architecture and the lunch counter. So we're keeping all that right. thrilled. To see now what the, to the uh, the antique mall mm -hmm. in there is run by the uh, current owners. The, the yeah, current the, owners. Yeah, so that's yeah, shutting down. That's yeah. shutting down. And, 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 and that's the other piece of business that we heard. Oh, you guys are shutting down the antique store. 
we're not that was shutting down anyway uh, yeah. the, the owners run it and they had they were they're retiring okay uh and that's why the building came for sale as well okay. so yeah the, okay. an, the antique mall there uh, is, is not going to be there anymore i mean you guys looked for a couple years here mm-hmm. were, yeah. were you looking at any other buildings downtown mm-hmm. yeah. was was there a we talked about this before the show was there a moment where you you found out this building you know it's such an iconic building yeah. because of the yeah. marquee it's like buying a fox yeah yeah was there, was there a point where you looked at it and you went this is the girl for me oh this yeah is the love of my life i, I mean, mean this is what we've been looking for right when we were told it was available dave and i david yep. f- found out and told me and right when i know when i right heard it i was immediately like that is awesome yeah that building's perfect and then my next concern was what about parking Parking. (laughs) where's the parking well there is no parking with the building we're in that negotiating but there is some parking on the street but we have fortunately good neighbors that are working with us that have been very supportive yeah uh mel atkinson is one of them who owns the crest building across the street street. um couldn't have a better neighbor than mel oh i mean just he's been so fantastic to to, and and a great neighbor and all the neighbor all the neighbors downtown we've talked to downtowners Recognize, hey, yeah. we, we all benefit, yeah. you know, yeah. from this. So let let's help each other. Well, we have, well, talk talk to me a little bit about that. This downtown, this quest, because this seems to me like you're either in it or you're not. You either believe that downtown America and places like this have a future, right, 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 or you're going to go out to the Bolt House property off, off Buena Vista. Great. Town. Great point because, and then what kind of city is it that thrives where Mm -hmm. downtown is still worse in the future, but out at Bolt House, it's better. Mm -hmm. You tell me what town across America that has 800,000 people around where it's that way. And I promise you it has way worse problems than how it looks, just how run down it's downtown is for the most part. It's not all success stories, but the most part, the success story has been, it gets revitalized. Yeah. There's this pre-gentrification period, which I know there may be some pushback about gentrification, which is kind of silly because it hasn't happened yet. You have to have <laughs> redevelopment first. Yeah. And right now there's empty, massive, huge department stores yeah. that are empty yeah, downtown. Walk around downtown <laughs> and just look around. Yeah. When you start paying attention, you realize yeah. Yeah. how much of it is just not being utilized. Not underutilized. Do we want that? Do we right. want all these right. buildings right. utilized right. and lived in yeah. by pigeons? And, I get just, and they should be cheaper than they are now. The prices should be cheaper than they are now. But guess what? The old families and the old mm-hmm. money that owns them believes like we do in the long-term future of downtown, yeah. which is in the long-term, yes, weird. of course it's going to be they're worth more. Gonna, so they're asking yeah. those prices. They're going to sit on it until yes. yeah. somebody like you guys. Some right. dummies or, like or, us. Or, or, if the, yeah. <laughs> or if the city were to do something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I recognize that. that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. uh, but, but at the same time, does that give you pause? I mean, I mean, we talked ad nauseum about the homeless problem i mean you, you, are there you, homeless downtown you, you could wake up and somebody's <laughs> like you know using the side of your building as a yep. urinal i mean it, there's a lot of issues there you, there too you know we, we've gone back and uh, pulled up a whole bunch of articles in the past that reference the woolworth building just kind of to get a better understanding of the history of the building and you can go back to really any time and you have stories about oh they put up benches and there are people sleeping on the benches so um that is part of the fabric of of downtown of any urban area and we feel that economic development where more people participate will i I believe chip away at that problem 
And it's a problem that you have to confront, not a problem that you run from. And so we're not ignorant to the fact that there are additional issues, downtown parkings, one to deal with, but the end result is worth it. And and it takes people saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to plow through. Yeah, of course there are these, these issues here. And, And if you go downtown, you have those issues which you have to pay for. If you go out west of town, guess what? You got to pay for the center block HOA fee. Yeah. You have to pay for the fees for the center block walls that are around your right. around your neighborhood. Yeah. There's a cost involved to moving out in Rosedale too. Yeah. There's a cost involved to moving downtown that's yeah. built into it. And we know it, it's going to be people that are occasionally using the side of the building as a toilet. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. okay. We, mm-hmm. we, we, know, we know what we're getting ourselves into. We're no dummies. Right, right. You know? Well, what, I don't know. We might be dummies. What is the reaction? <laughs> I mean, with that. We know yeah. that that's going to be a part of it. We're going to have to pay to have somebody go and yeah. clean the building. Yeah. Right. You know, just like you'd have to pay somebody to go and fix the gate for the entrance into your neighborhood. That's yeah, going to break right. down every once in a while right. out there. Right, so right. it's just sort of, that's, at least that's yeah. mine. We're not like, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not, there aren't problems with homelessness. There aren't problems. There won't be problems with parking. There won't be problems with all kinds of things, but we just, we know that going into it. Mm-hmm. So all we can do is do our best to what we think to mm-hmm. deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about the reaction since you guys, you must have had a ton of reaction, positive and negative. Have you had any negative reaction? I haven't had any negative. The, the only negative that I have heard has been a misunderstanding of the project. People uh, hearing that the lunch counter is getting shut down. It's just going to be an office building now. Yeah. Uh, and that's not what's going to happen. So, so I, we haven't heard, I haven't heard any negative pushback when they hear that we're keeping the lunch counter open right, and, right, and all right. of that. So it's been a by and large, very positive, which man, it helps so much. Yeah, it does. Right, right. It's yeah. so nice behind something that we believe yeah, in. Yeah, and yeah. We feel like other people believe in too. And it will st- help the city. It's a great story. Yeah. You guys, seriously, I'm proud of you both. You're putting your own Thanks. capital at risk here. Thanks. That's the American way. You yeah. believe belief is in short supply these days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love where your heart is with this. I want to thank you both for coming thank in. Oh, yeah. Thanks Wade, for having Dave us. Dave Anderson. Yeah. You guys are great. Catch him on the Money Wise guys on ESPN. What time are you on now? Uh, two, to two, to two to three. Two to three. Yeah. Two to three. Yeah. Best yeah. hour of radio. Though. It is. <laughs> the Fabulous hour of radio. radio. <laughs> love these guys. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah, you, thank you, Richard. Richard. Glad you got the podcast Thanks. going. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observe, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Centric Healthcare and King Door Company.